Welcome to a special replay of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time. And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning and welcome to this uh, Monday edition of The Real Investment Show. Here it is, the spring break week edition. Right? Spring break. Kids already, you know, trying to figure out... <laughs> <laughs> what they're not going to do. I asked my daughter yesterday, I said, so honey, I said, what are you going to do over spring break? She goes, I have three plans. And I'm like, really, what are these plans? She goes, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to binge watch Netflix. I'm going to eat a lot. And I'm like, sounds like a plan <laughs> for spring break. <laughs> sounds like she's going to have a great vacation. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, I'm not coming out of my room. Don't ask me to. You know, that's, that's the interesting thing. Uh, we actually went to dinner yesterday and and we were sitting talking with the kids and stuff and it was interesting because we started talking about how we grew up mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and that you know when we came home from school we were outside the only the only rule we had was be home by the time the street lights came on right right you used to have the dinner whistle yep when dad whistled for dinner mm -hmm. hauling butt home yeah it, it, talking about all those things right and, they, and she's just you know <laughs> our kids listen is like y'all are just weird <laughs> Right. What planet did you grow up on? <laughs> and, and just, and just, you know, talking about the things that we didn't have. If, if you, you know, we didn't have Google. If you didn't know the answer, you just were stupid. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was it. There was no Google to go to. You just didn't know. You just went through life not knowing the answer to whatever it was. Or there was the World Book Encyclopedia. I was going to tell you that. That's that was one thing we did talk about. Is that in my house when I was growing up, we had two things in our house. Both my parents were educators, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had a full set of uh, Britannica encyclopedias, yep. and a we I, uh, was it we I don't remember if it was a weekly or a month, monthly subscription, I guess, to National Geographic. So uh, National Geo was monthly. Was monthly, yes. Yeah. So we had we had an entire bookcase full oh, of back yeah. editions of National Geographic. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's what I read growing up was reading encyclopedias. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have, and I tell my kids all the time, this is why I have a, 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 a masterful, a, you know, collection of useless information. <laughs> so <laughs> I know all kinds of stuff that has no relevance to anything. So you know a little about a lot. <laughs> I did. But that was because we read encyclopedias. Right. But it was like, if you needed to know the answer, you went to an encyclopedia and figured it out. Mm -hmm. And kids these days. They just they just don't get that right. They just have no clue. Anyway, we had we had a good conversation. It was just interesting talking to them because, you know, they're so tied up into their phones and everything else is like you know they really miss a whole lot of what's going on in the whole world. So, that's true. The the, 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 the whole screen thing. Yeah, it's it's a very small world. Developmentally damaging. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so lots of stuff you really don't want to know about this morning. See, useless information. Um, <laughs> Always happy to entertain. Um, let's talk about the big stuff. Went to fill up the car this weekend. Oh my yeah. goodness. Had to take out a small loan for that one. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, but it is interesting, right? So if you look around the country right now, you know, I, uh, it's 389. This morning I was driving to work. It's 389 for regular gas here. Um, it's over $5 in like California. So it is just really depends on where you live, but inflation is really kind of hitting home hard. 
in terms of higher gas prices. Of course, oil prices today are going to spike up to $110, $115 a barrel. At the open uh, right now, 123 on West Texas crude, up 6.4% this morning. So, you know, you're seeing, you know, the impact of these disruptions. And, and there's two things to really take away from this. One, I hope now that we have seen the mistake of, you know, trying to cut off energy production for the sake of being green. It's awesome to be green. I have no problem with, with being you know, efficient and, and providing clean energy, but don't kill the golden goose until you're ready <laughs> to do these things. You know, Kind of getting the cart before the horse leads to a lot of problems, and I hope people now kind of get woke to the fact that killing off your main source of energy is not really that great of an idea. This is also one of those things, too, that we've talked about before. And I wrote an article for Epic Times here just recently um, talking about the death of ESG investing and why, you know, you know, all these ESG funds, these pension funds, et cetera, were kicking oil and gas companies out of their out of their portfolios. We don't want to own oil and gas companies in our portfolios. Well, I bet you do now. <laughs> so, you know, those those these are the problems with these virtue investing ideas. Look, invest your money for the sake of investing your money. Invest your money in things that are going to make you money. Don't let your don't let your if you want to go be green, go plant a tree, right? Don't let that stuff get involved into your investing habits because a me buying shares of, of ExxonMobil from Brent over here doesn't change anything for what the company's doing, right? Just transferring shares from one person to another doesn't, you know, everybody says, well, I'm, I'm investing my beliefs. That's great. Invest in the belief of making more money and, and leave your personal biases out of it because that's how you make money over time. If you want to lose money over time, let your personal biases get involved into your portfolio. That'll happen every single time. So this is what's going on. We're learning that lesson very rapidly right now. Markets have been under a lot of pressure here. They're going to be under pressure again this morning. I want to put, uh, I want to put a couple of things into, into context, though, because when one of the things that we do emotionally is we tie things to where we were previously. It's called anchoring. We say, well, you know, the market was here or my portfolio value was X at this one point. Now I'm down this much in my portfolio. Well, see, it, it's, it, this is called anchoring, and we've got to always keep this under perspective. You know, markets will be down this morning. We're, we've been flirting with these lows going back to October, right? We haven't really gone anywhere since the lows of October, but we're down about 10% from the peak of this year. So at the high water mark this year, we were, we were up about 10% higher than we are now, right? And so we're down 10%, and that's the way we focus on stuff. But in reality, we haven't really gone anywhere since October. So if we go back to October, we're only down about 3 4% from where we were at the peak of October. So again, keeping these things into perspective is important. And yes, the way we measure things, we look at things on a year-over-year -year basis. From January the 1st to December the 31st, that's our return for that year. I get it. For the purposes of kind of measuring performance and for... Um, you know, tracking where you are, you know, those, those are kind of the base runs of what we do in markets. But it's important to keep things into context. We had a little bit of a break out of the market, out of this kind of trading range that we were in going back to October. And so, yes, while markets are down 10% from their peak, and if we're anchoring to that point of the peak, yes, you know, portfolios are under a lot of pressure. But if we just keep it in perspective that we're just basically where we were trading just in October of last year, Right, just five, six months ago. 
we really haven't gone anywhere. The markets haven't done anything. And this is despite the fact we've got 7.5% inflation. We've got war in the Ukraine. We've got all these things going on. Markets have not done anything as of late, um, really because of, of underlying fundamentals and, and those type of things. So just trying to keep some of these things in perspective relative to the markets, it does two things for you. One, it keeps you from making emotionally based decisions. I'm getting a lot of emails from people. Oh my gosh, I just want to get out of the markets. I just, you know, you know, this is, you know, I'm losing too much money, etc. Well, you are losing money from, again, that peak. But markets were up almost 30% last year. So are you really losing money over the course of the last two years? Again, we've got to keep, you know, we keep these things into perspective. All of a sudden, they're not, they're not quite as scary as, as the kind of the mainstream media wants to make them out to be because, again, markets have had a phenomenal run. Ever since the March 2020 lows, markets are up 120% from their lows. Yeah, we're down 10% from this peak. But if you look at it in a longer term basis, you're going, well, that's not really that much. And that's the whole that's the whole point here is that, yes, things are under a lot of pressure right now. And the one thing that we don't want to do as investors is make these emotionally based decisions, making decisions based upon just small fractional movements in markets over time. So keep keep the bigger picture in, in terms of, of your longer term goals into perspective. But, you know, we have to manage risk. We can't just avoid and, and negate risk. We do need to pay attention to these things. But we'll talk some more about that this morning. Uh, the impact of higher oil prices. What's that going to do for the Fed and your money? Be right back after the break. Stay tuned for more of this special edition of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the Internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Real Investment advice.com anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars the ria insurance agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle because everyone's assets are different let ria insurance review what you need to protect and how we won't sell you insurance but what you need will be a matter of policy ria insurance agency 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. Do you know what you don't know when hiring and retaining quality employees? Compensation is more than just wages. It's personal time off. The vacation days, healthcare benefits, a 401k. Do you know what's important to them? Hi, I'm Tom Allen, RIA Advisors Retirement Plan Consultant. Let us show you how to make the most of an affordable, effective package that will deliver true value for your business and your employees. Call me toll-free at 855-RIA-PLAN or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. And now, 
another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. Bulls win in bull markets. Bears win in bear markets. Eagles soar above and take advantage of opportunity. Let us help you soar as you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors. 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. And welcome back to the show. I do want to go over a few things with the markets and money. Again, talking about, you know, what's happening in markets. The NASDAQ registered an official bear market, 20% decline. Now, be real careful with that because as we've talked about before here on the show, just because a market's down 20% does not make it a bear market. The definition of a bear market is when price trends change, the longer-term price trends. So if you go back... To, 20, to 2009 and draw a line along the bottom of the NASDAQ, we are nowhere near changing the, the bullish price trend of the market. We're having a, a correction in the NASDAQ as well as the S&P. Bigger in the, bigger in the NASDAQ than in, than, than in the S&P, but still just a correction. We do not have negative trending prices over the long term, right? We have not changed from a previous bull market to a bear market. And so these, these kind of arbitrary indications of, oh, 10% is a correction, 20% is a bear market, really don't have any bearing on today's markets because we are so deviated from long-term means that it will take a massive correction just to get back to the long-term bullish trend, much less change that long-term bullish trend from positive to negative. So just keep that in mind. And this is what we talked about yesterday about perspective because you know, we've had such a huge run uh, from the 2020 lows. The markets are up 115% at the peak. We're still up 89% as of yesterday's close from that 2020 low, right? Still up 89% even after this massive correction that we've had here over the last few days. So perspective, very, very important here. But as I said, uh, importantly, yesterday we did violate the support levels going back to October's uh, lows. Now, this does put the market in a bit more precarious position because we're currently not on a sell signal and we are not oversold yet. So there is risk here to the downside in the markets. And, and, I, and I don't want to, to elude you to believe that there's not risk here because there is. But having said that, Markets are very, very oversold here in terms of psychology. If we take a look at investor sentiment, things like the CNN fear greed index, et cetera, those are very net, we're in extreme fear territory. Now, historically, when you have very negative sentiment on markets and a lot of fear, right? We have a lot of fear in terms of emotional fear in the markets from all these headlines that are going on you typically have a, a period of a reflexive rally. We've also had two negative months in a row. Having three negative months in a row is possible, but it's more of a rarity. And we're still within the seasonally strong period of the year, which tends to have markets biased to the upside a bit. Now, historically speaking, going back, if we look at periods in history where markets have a 10% correction, you typically have a reflexive rally that takes up about half of the previous decline. So about a 5% advance from where we are. 
that then either leads to a breakout to new highs or a further decline depending on whether or not the economy is in recession. And as I was saying in the first segment, the issue now is with what's happening with inflation, what is happening with interest rates, what is happening with monetary policy, what is now happening with the reversal of liquidity from all that money put into the markets. The risk of a recession have grown markedly over the course of the last couple of months. So right now, the odds are starting to stack up on the side that we have a reflexive rally that gets us back to somewhere probably around the 50-day moving average. And then that sets up a deeper decline later this year as we get into a more recessionary drag within the markets. Now, this is, you know, the problem with predicting anything is that things can change. If the economy starts to pick up some steam this year, if earnings begin to recover a bit, if inflation falls and we have a more disinflationary trend in the economy, there's a lot of things that can happen that can change that outlook. And that's the risk of, of betting on something really long-term in nature because things can change. But right now, with the way things are stacking up, that is kind of the, the overriding risk at this point. But again, even though you could have lower markets in the future, there is a possibility here that we're going to see some reflexive action in the market simply because of the more extreme negative sentiment that's in the market, both in terms of investor fear as well as investor positioning, which has also gotten very bearish. The National Association of Investment Managers, their positioning level has come way down. Allocations by professional investors as well as retail investors has come way down here. Um, um, institutional uh, pension and head fund investments have come way down. So if we take a look at where that positioning is, that positioning has gotten very negative on multiple levels. And that suggests, again, that what you'll have is some type of reflexive action. Now, what would cause that reflexive action? Well, that's some type of good news. Some type of news, either there is a resolution, at least some, some, some positive talks on resolving the Russia-Ukraine situation. The Federal Reserve coming out and saying, hey, you know what, because of what's happening in Russia, we're going to hold off on rate hikes right now. Uh, we're going to continue our QE program at $30 billion a month for now, and then we'll revisit stuff when we get you know, past you know, what's happening in Russia. Any type of good news like that is going to lead to a reflexive surge in the markets. Again, that doesn't get you back to all-time highs. It doesn't repair all the damage that's been done here, but it gives you an opportunity to rebalance and re-risk your portfolio accordingly based on how you feel. If you, if you haven't liked this 10% decline, well, that tells you you've got way too much risk in your portfolio. So use that rally to rebalance and re-risk your portfolio at that level. Again, these are the things to be thinking about. Now, a couple other markets I want to look at because, uh, again, these are the ones that are kind of really driving a lot of the sentiment. If we take a look at oil prices, of course, those are continuing to have a big surge here over concerns about supply constraints, production, etc. Now, oil prices are by far and away extremely deviated from long-term means. We're currently now trading four standard deviations above the 50 and moving average. Now, again, I know that's a lot of technical kind of mumbo jumbo, but what that means is, and if you can just visualize oil prices as a rubber band, if I stretch those rubber bands as far as I can, 
they're either going to break or they're going to snap back to their median. And that's where we are with the oil prices. Oil prices have gotten so extended that you're going to have to have a correction in oil prices at some point. Now, what would cause that, of course, is going to be a resolution with what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. That's, that's what's going to drive that change in oil prices. Um, if we take a look at backwardation, now what is backwardation? This is uh, kind of an important term. But when we look at the price of oil for the one month out contract on the futures market, that price is grossly higher than the price of that same contract 12 months out. So in other words, the price of oil is expected to be higher in the next month and lower 12 months from now. So that's called backwardation. And when we have periods of backwardation that are you know, kind of out of the ordinary, those have typically denoted both a peak in the oil market as well as a peak in, in the economy. And right now we have an oil backwardation that is the largest of any other period in history. So that's going to suggest here that we're going to have a peak in oil prices sooner or later, either through you either break something in the economy and have a recession, or you get a resolution that begins to relieve these, these pressure concerns in the short term and brings oil back down to the longer term contract. But you will get a reversion of backwardation. Historically, backwardations do not last very long. So you, this is going to be a very short-lived event. So if you're very long oil and betting on higher oil prices, you know, we talked about recently, it's just probably a really good time to start thinking about taking some profits off the table. Doesn't mean sell everything, but, you know, there is going to be a point here where this reversion happens very, very quickly. And if we go back in history and look at periods where we've seen this kind of action before, you'll see that back in 2020, oil prices fell very sharply because of the shutdown of the economy. If we go back into uh, earlier periods in that, every time that we have these periods where you have a reversion in a big spike in oil prices, the decline of that oil price is very sharp in nature. So again, just keeping some things in perspective. Gold prices, of course, that's another area of, of you know, issue right now because people are buying a lot of gold and precious metals under the assumption that you know, we've got this big problem going on and that there's going to be this crushing of the dollar, etc. Oil, uh, like oil prices, um, gold prices also having a very big rally here just over the last few days. Again, just like oil prices now, more than three standard deviations overbought. That rubber band also very, very stretched. Historically, when you have these periods where, oil, where gold prices trade at three standard deviations, that tends to be the peak in precious metal prices. So again, as we look at all these kind of different avenues, this is some of the things that are telling you that there is, you know, a real pressure on financial markets. You've got these big deviations in the, the fear trades. You've got extreme deviations in, in those aspects, gold, oil, precious metals, etc. On the stock side of the equation, you've got lots of deviations to the downside under the fear that markets are going to crash and be in a recession. These type of extreme divergences tend not to last for very long and you get a reversion. Now, that doesn't mean they can't 
revert and then go back again, right? You have a correction oil prices, then another run higher. You can absolutely have that. Same thing with stocks. You can have a reflexive rally that then goes lower. But when you have these big divergences on both sides at the same time, typically that suggests that you have bifurcated markets and you're going to get a reversion back, at least some relaxation of those extremes before the next leg of the move occurs in whatever direction it goes. So when we come back from the break, we'll come back. Well, we've got a lot more to get into this morning, but you know, keep in mind here about perspective and keep focused on the fundamentals and the technicals of the markets and what you own. And make sure again, as we talked about before, be careful about one-sided bets. Be right back. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation and retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars. The RIA Insurance Agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle. Because everyone's assets are different, let RIA Insurance review what you need to protect and how. We won't sell you insurance, but what you need will be a matter of policy. RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. And now, another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. A passive investment portfolio requires active risk management. It's not a choice, it's necessity. Diversification doesn't protect against risk of loss. Let us actively help you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors, 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. Can't catch the whole show now? Listen to our podcast later at realinvestmentadvice.com. Talked about how we grew up, mm-hmm. right? You know, we didn't have Google. If you didn't know the answer, you just were stupid. That's what I read growing up was reading encyclopedias. The Real Investment Show podcast. This is why I have a, 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 a masterful collection of useless information. So, <laughs> Same show, your schedule. I know all kinds of stuff that has no relevance to anything. At realinvestmentadvice.com. You know a little about a lot. <laughs> I do. Small businesses are discovering that attracting and retaining top talent come down to more than just salary. In today's highly competitive job market, compensation is more than just wages. Hi, I'm Tom Allen, RIA Advisors Retirement Plan Consultant. Healthcare and retirement plans can make the difference in hiring and retaining the best employees. We can show you how to build an affordable, effective employment package that delivers true value for your workers and your business. Call me toll-free at 855-RIA-PLAN or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. Real Investment Show podcasts are now available from Stitcher Smart Radio at stitcher.com. Hi, Lance Roberts here. If you're like most people, your 401k plan represents the bulk of your retirement assets. And unfortunately for many, managing your 401k plan can be difficult. 
There's so many choices, so many things to consider. With just a quick email, a couple of questions, you can put RIA Advisors to work for you managing your 401k plan. It's a quick and easy application. Just simply click Ask a Question at realinvestmentadvice.com or give us a call at 855-RIA-PLAN. That's realinvestmentadvice.com. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston, Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome to a special replay of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time. And welcome to the show this morning. It is, of course, the formidable Michael Lee Woods uh, joining us this morning as well. Talk a little bit about everything. You know, we're going to cover, you know, Powell, the Fed, and all about bear market strategies, all the kinds of stuff. I just noticed a headline here. Diverse artists to write and illustrate new Dr. Seuss-inspired books. Can we just <clears> stop now? Can, can we just can we just stop? Can they just leave it alone? Just, just look, if you didn't like Dr. Seuss, just don't try to revive it. <laughs> Just, just leave it alone. If you didn't like Dr. Seuss, there's no hope. Uh, well, I'm just you saying. Know. I mean, if you got problems with Dr. Seuss, just <laughs> let it die. Okay, just it's like it's like this new Batman movie that came out. Which one? The the latest one. There's only been a dozen. I know. Well, the latest one is a three hour myopic of the Batman, right? And <sighs> it's like this whole movie you could watch in like 45 minutes, really, and it's three hours long. It's just look. Leave it. DC needs to just stop because, you know, look, sell the franchise to Marvel and sell, <laughs> give it to Disney. They do a much better job with superheroes. So or Pixar just for editing. <laughs> could be that, too. <laughs> anyway, all right, I, I'm in a bad mood this morning, so just bear with me. <laughs> On Brightside, Hillary Clinton has decided as a show of solidarity that she'll stop using Russian hackers. And with that, let's go to Michael Leibowitz. <laughs> but I'm bump. The Mike. formidable Michael Leibowitz. I'm in, I, I like that. So good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, so Jerome Powell yesterday uh, talking in front of Congress. He's got day two of that conversation today. A couple of things not surprising. We kind of wrote about this last Friday, talking about geopolitical risk. That's been, you know, often one of the reasons that the Fed kind of stands down just a bit. Um, and not surprisingly, yesterday in the forefront of his testimony, mentioning geopolitical risk and also, you know, talked about a 25 basis point. He, he did recognize that there is inflation. The Fed does need to hike interest rates. But there was a lot of expectation just a couple of weeks ago that it was going to be a 50 basis point hike at the, at the first meeting to be more aggressive. James Bullard, you know, out pounding the table, the Fed needs to be much more aggressive. Uh, but Jerome Powell yesterday saying, hey, they're going to start out with a 25 basis point hike and then kind of continue from there. But then, it, it, of course, that's why the market rallied a good bit yesterday on that kind of that softer footing from the Fed, kind of ease some of those concerns. Um, you, you know, what do we expect here from him today, most likely? Probably more of the same. So he, you know, one day in front of the Senate, one in front of the House, and it tends to be the same. The question will be what questions does he get? The House is probably likely to be a little bit more 
lively, mm-hmm. better, you know, more. There's more of them. Questions. <laughs> type more of them, but tougher questions too. Probably a lot more around inflation. Uh, you know, when, when I you kind of retrospect what's going on, when COVID hit, the Fed could not ease quick enough and with more urgency. Mm-hmm. Just massive numbers were being thrown about. They brought Fed funds to zero immediately. Just that the at the time, the amount of QE was unfathomable, right? Now we're at the other end of that spectrum. And it's amazing how slow they are to remove any of it. And, and I think the takeaway is that the economy, the markets, much more the markets than the economy, mm-hmm. and sentiment to some degree, which drives the markets and the economy, becomes dependent on the drug of choice, right, on, on what the Fed is doing. We saw this in 2018. You know, we saw this from 20, after the financial crisis was over, from called 2010, 2011 to 2018, the Fed could not really get off QE. Every mm-hmm. time they got off it, they had to get back on it. Then in 2018, they tried to do QT, which is the reverse. And that ended, that was a disaster. disaster and they barely <laughs> got any QT done. <laughs> right. So every time we go through an episode like this, we need more and more stimulus and we can't get off that stimulus. And that's, you know, from a long-term macro perspective, that's a problem. Now, from a trading perspective, Lance, you're correct. The, you know, he basically said they're doing 25. Mm-hmm. Now, two days ago, the market was actually priced for only a 90% chance of 25. So the bond market two days ago was telling you that the Fed's doing 25 and a very, very slight chance they do nothing. Right. Right. So, you know, we always try to ascribe reasons why markets did this, that, and the other. And yes, you could say the market rallied because of the Fed. Mm-hmm. I would also argue it was just grossly oversold. <laughs> Sentiment was horrendous. Yeah. And the Russian situation didn't get worse. Right. right. It, it, very technical. Uh, you know, so we'll see. I mean, the Fed's going to do 25. They're not going to mention QT at the March 16th meeting. So it seems pretty cut and dry. Um, that said, you know, everything going on with Russia is just hurting. Uh, it's just creating a bigger inflation story. Mm-hmm. It's not going to show up in this number or the next number because they use three month lag numbers for energy. Right. So that's not going to show up for a few more months, a couple more months. Uh, but, you know, it's clear. I mean, if you have four dollar gasoline in Texas, can yeah. only imagine what we have. Yeah. And we can only here in D.C., we can only on the East Coast, we can only imagine what California has. Right. Right. A lot of our places were already over four dollars a gallon. And, you know, I've seen pictures from California above five, even six in some places. And look, my, my son uh, lives in Germany. They buy it by the liter. So you talk about expensive here. We're, we're talking about buying it to the gallon. You know, he buys right. by the liter, which, is you know, that's, you know, very expensive in, in Germany. So it, it is interesting. There's a, a brand always puts little comments on my uh on my sheets and my, my uh, script sheets in the morning here on my, on my computer. It says, I don't usually talk about my expensive trips, but I just got back from the grocery store. <laughs> and, and this is, and that's a true kind of fact. I mean, you know, you know, and unfortunately when we talk about inflation, we talk about inflation, X food and gas. And that's what I was you know noting at the opening this morning, you know, while we look at inflation, X food and, and energy, that's the things that eat up the the family budget the most. 
And those are things they have to buy. They buy them every week and they don't really have a choice and they're not buying more stuff. They're just paying a whole lot more for it. Right. And, and it's also not appreciated. So energy is about seven and a half percent of CPI. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what we spend on gas and heating. I, you know, we could have a debate about that all day. But energy is in every single thing that we buy. And if it's not in everything, maybe it's not in an apple to get to clean that apple and to get it to the supermarket and for us to buy from the supermarket involves energy for transportation, for storage, for storage in our house. Uh, so everything you do in life, whether you know it or not, you know, not this isn't just about pumping gas into your car or heating your house. Everything involves energy to some degree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the transportation companies are really going to get hit with this. You know, the, I saw this morning oil hit 116 a barrel. Right. You know, it was a dollar. I mean, 100 a barrel a week ago. Mm -hmm. And gas prices are extremely correlated with crude oil prices. So, you know, I did a little math on this yesterday. For every dollar increase in crude oil, gas at the pump goes up about two and a half to three cents. Correct. So they're up another 30 cents, give or take a little, over the last few days, right? That's, it may not seem like a lot, but that's a decent amount. And it's very, uh, yeah, I'm actually, we're actually both writing about oil. Yeah. I called Lance uh, yesterday <laughs> and I go, hey, I'm writing this really interesting article and I'm dissecting oil and talking about this, that, and the other. And Lance goes, hey, I'm writing the same article. <laughs> <laughs> so so for our readers, you're going to get a double dose of oil right. uh, with next week or so. Uh, but, but, it, we, but, you know, our binds both gravitated there because it's such an important topic. And it's, you know, it affects, affects us directly at the pump, indirectly, like, I, you know, with the Apple example. Mm -hmm. And then, it, I, you know, I contend that it's probably the biggest gauge of inflation. You know, drive 10 miles and you're going to see 20 neon signs with big oil gasoline prices flashing. Right. Yep. right. You don't see that with any other product. Right. Yeah, and it's, 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 actually, it is. And, and again, I make a gripe here. Right. You know, and it's the thing that you do fill up every week. And when you go by and you fill up, you look at how, you know, how much it's going to cost. And it says, you know, it says right there, you know, $4 a gallon for premium or whatever it is. You know, you don't, you don't, you know that you're paying more at the grocery store. But, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you tend to just kind of shop and buy the stuff that you need. And you don't really price compare that much. But with, you know, because there's so many items, right? You don't really remember what you paid for, you know, a dozen eggs last week versus a dozen eggs this week. But gas, you remember that last week, it was less than $4 a gallon. Now it's more than $4 a gallon. You remember that. And, and, and those are those kind of the anchoring points that we pick up as consumers. And, and it does affect our psychology because, you know, it's, it's one of those things that when we, you know, we're trying to make our budgets meet at the end of the month, it's, it's, there's less money there to spend. Right. And gas is gas. It's mm -hmm. a commodity. Whether you get it at the store on the left side of the road or the right side of the road, you're getting the same exact thing. Even if you're shopping for eggs, there's 20 different choices right. between size and natural and color. <laughs> and I mean, there's, you know, my wife sends me to the supermarket and if she doesn't give me direct instructions on what brand to buy. I buy the wrong thing. I saw, wait, 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 stop, stop right there. That's awesome, because I actually was at the store the other day. My, I had to go pick up some some stuff for dinner. And I, and I and you know men are like Mike's to the point right tell me exactly what you want 
right? There was a guy in the store walking around. He had his phone, right? And he was walking around with his phone, and his wife had actually put pictures of every item that she wanted him to buy. And he was walking down the aisle, matching up the pictures to the item. I was like, that's genius. Well, that's, <laughs> that's how we trouble. shop. She sends <laughs> me to the store, and I send her back a picture of you know, whatever I'm looking at. <laughs> that's just, that's the way it works. <laughs> the death of men. <laughs> Can we go back to gas for one second? No, we can't because we're going to a break, and that's all the time we got for gas. We'll come back talk about bear market strategies. We've run out of gas. We've run out of gas. Uh, be right back after the break. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more of this special edition of the Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com there's a war being waged on your retirement dollars and unless you act now you'll lose the battle with inflation higher taxes and a lower standard of living you can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement april 2nd at the embassy suites houston richard rosso and danny ratliff will help you fortify your life saving make the most of social security and lower your taxes register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation and retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars. The RIA Insurance Agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle. Because everyone's assets are different, let RIA Insurance review what you need to protect and how. We won't sell you insurance, but what you need will be a matter of policy. RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. What worries you about your money? Enhance your financial success with RIA Advisors' free financial planning tool, MyBlocks. It's our online modular manager for your money and your life. Does your vision of retirement match up to reality? MyBlocks can help to determine how much you'll need and how you can achieve. Create your own personal financial vision for the next decade with MyBlocks, our free tool at RIAAdvisors.com. Click on the Client Portal tab, RIAAdvisors.com. And now, another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. Manage risk and volatility rather than trying to manage gains. You don't have to be right all the time. Long-term investing success is a 70% gain. Let us help you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors. 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment show and welcome back to the show this morning take your question comments always on our website realinvestmentadvice.com just swing by there uh big box at the top feel free to ask any questions that you have regarding whatever we'll answer them for you it doesn't really matter you know so i'm just looking i'm looking at a graphic now look i am not a military expert 
I, I want to say that right up front. But I do have a question, and if somebody wants to email me the answer, go to our website, realinvestmentadvice.com, and email it to me. But here, here's some stats real quick. Active personnel in the military, Russia 900,000, Ukraine 200,000. Reserve personnel, 2 million in Russia versus 900,000 in the Ukraine. Artillery, 75-71 in Russia, 2,000 in Ukraine. Armored vehicles, 30,000 versus 12,000. Tanks, 12,000 versus 2,500. Attack helicopters, 544 versus 34. Fighter aircraft, 1,511 versus 98. Um, And I'm sitting here looking at what's going on with with this invasion of Ukraine, and it's this slow it's this slow roll, right? It's just this very slow roll. And you know, it would seem to me that you know there's a lot of you know commentary about you know Russia's invading the Ukraine and they're going to take it over, et cetera. But it would seem to me that given the sheer differences in size of the military, that if his intent was to take over the Ukraine, that you would have launched a much stronger campaign than you have at this point. It seems to me more that he's pushing at this point for some negotiation and nobody's negotiating what he wants. And he and, and right now the negotiation keeps breaking down between Russia and Ukraine. He doesn't, you know, my thought is he doesn't really want to, you know, negotiate with Ukraine. He wants to negotiate with the West for whatever it is he wants. I have no idea what he wants. But it just seems interesting that this is a very slow rolling invasion. And yes, you have a funny look on your just face. Certainly not a blitzkrieg. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. Well, that's that's what you think. Like, for instance, they're talking about the NATO. To the news headlines today is NATO is going back and forth over establishing a no-fly zone. The problem with establishing a no-fly zone is that if NATO gets involved to do that, then you've got to take out the anti-aircraft missiles and silos, et cetera, that are in Belarus and Crimea and along the Russian border. So now it's NATO actually attacking Russia, and this is not what you want. This is, that's, that's getting you to the full-scale war thing, right? But, you know, it would just seem to me it's like if you wanted to establish dominance, you would, establish, you would have taken over the airspace fairly quickly. That would have been your first thing. But they haven't done that yet. So what you, give me the comments. Again, I'm not a military expert here. I'm just asking. Well, I'm asking a question. It, it's it's on the uh, the YouTube chat. Yeah. You don't have to show me. I can see it. No, well, I can't read it from there. Oh, got it. Uh, and of course, this is from Richard. Of course, yes. Okay, so you got to consider the source. I'll just share this only with you. But after the show, Lance dons frilly shoulder pads with four gold stars. There you go. Exactly. But. You know, this is the, the so this is the question is is and where we're getting to is and and the question that we're asking is is where does this end? You know, what is the 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 end game of all of this, and how does that affect the outcome? Right. So we were just talking about for the break that inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon, but yet you have a exogenous event right now of supply and demand. You have a global demand for energy, and now you have a cramp in the supply of oil coming out of Russia. So once this is resolved, no matter how it's resolved, at some point you've got to turn, remove those sanctions and allow the world to start to get back into normal order. 
right? That's the whole goal of all this. And then once you have supply come back online, then, then you know, prices will fall from there. And those will become deflationary fairly quickly. But here's, here's the other side of this whole situation that we should learn a lesson from. And, and I mentioned this at the outset of the show, but Elon Musk, of all people, came out and says that Europe needs to restart their nuclear plants and the U.S. needs to boost oil and gas output immediately. And again, as we talked about earlier on the show, the, you know, the, the thing, the lesson that we should learn from this is that, as uh, Kermit the Frog once said, it's good to be green, right? But you have to be green at the right time and you have to be prepared for it. It's not something where you say, well, we're all going to be green, so let's all go get on to electric vehicles now because electricity just shows up magically from the atmosphere. We don't actually have to produce electricity through the use of oil and coal and other byproducts. And so let's get rid, you know, let's let's shove off all these oil companies. Let's, you know, boycott them, whatever we're going to do. Let's tax them more, remove their incentives, you know, bad oil companies, mean oil companies, terrible oil companies. Wait, I don't like $5 a gallon gas. Well, what do you think it's going to be when everybody's trying to be on electric vehicles and you're trying to pull electricity from a grid? You thought gas was expensive? Wait till you see your electric bills in the future. But see, this is the problem with making these changes without being ready to make these changes. You need a tremendous amount of supply of clean electricity to fuel these clean cars, clean houses, clean everything else you want. The idea is fantastic. The implementation is terrible. The outcome is worse. And this is how all these things eventually die. You know, we talk, we've talked about before, is that back in the late 90s, that we were all about sin stocks, right? Nobody, we didn't want to own sin stocks, so everybody jettisoned out of their portfolio anything that was related to a sin-type stock, right? So no gambling, no, um, you know, alcohol, no nothing, right? So tobacco, gone. Those were the best performing stocks like over the next five, 10 years. And since stock investing quickly died a, a death because everybody's like, wait, I'm missing out on all these returns. I'm going to go buy those stocks. Same thing will happen here. And companies now that, you know, last year we heard all these pension funds that were going, oh, we're getting rid of all our oil and gas stocks. We're divesting ourselves of oil and gas. Uh, I bet they wish they wouldn't have now. That's how things tend to happen. But the point here is that ultimately this ends. And the question now is that where are you going to be positioned when this eventually ends? And what is going to be the outcome of all these things. And as we were talking about in the last segment is that the Fed is in a very tough spot here because they need to tighten monetary policy by hiking interest rates to try to quell inflation, which is going to take care of itself. And yet the Fed is caught at zero right now with the economy 
heading towards a recession. And that's just a function of time. The faster they try to hike rates, the faster that they're going to increase the globalization. Yes, sir. No, it's just our word of the day. I guess. <laughs> True. But this is this is the these are the outcomes, and so the 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 thing that we have to do as investors is to not only realize where we are in this part of the cycle, but then also realize where we're going to be coming out of the cycle. And I find this, I also find this very interesting. Let's go back to our opening comments for the day, which was showing you a graph of the S&P going back to October of last year, just October. We're down about 5% from the peak in October. And again, we talked about anchoring. You know, we're all focused on the, the all-time highs uh, earlier this year. We're down 10% from the all-time highs, and it's terrible. But look at what's going on in the world. We've got 7.5% inflation. we got the Fed on the verge of tightening monetary policy. you got this war, this conflict going on between Russia and Ukraine. Gas prices at $5 a gallon in California and $4 a gallon in Texas. And you've got interest rates going up, and you've got all these other things. And the market's only down 10%. Don't let emotions invade what's going on with your portfolio. There are certainly areas of the market getting hit harder than others, but don't forget the fact that markets are up 120% from their lows at the peak. We're down 10% from that peak. And <laughs> if you... Look at headlines. Any moment you're going to have on CNBC, markets in turmoil. That's typically a good time to start buying stocks. I know that's hard to understand. That's hard to kind of fathom with all this stuff going on. I mean, people are, you know, right now you, you cannot buy iodine on Amazon. Sold out. Because we're apparently going to have nuclear attacks here in the U.S., so we need to have plenty of iodine. Need a room in your house with no windows and no vent that you can live in for two weeks with plenty of water and food and a portable toilet. These things are all getting sold off like crazy. By the way, did you know that you can buy a radiation suit online for 10 bucks? Really? Yeah, I'm not sure that's actually going to help you. <laughs> that's going to be the next fashion statement at yeah. cons. You just watch. Well, it'll definitely be the Halloween costume du jour <laughs> this year. But there's two, there's two types of radiation suits online, one for $10, one for $300. I think I would opt for the more expensive. This is like going to a cut-rate surgeon for brain, <laughs> for brain surgery, right? You just, there's some things you don't skimp on in life. I think a radi if you're worried about nuclear fallout, I don't think you skimp on the radiation suit. <laughs> All right. Uh, stick here at the website, realinvestmentadvice.com. That's realinvestmentadvice.com. Since your questions and comments, see you back here tomorrow.